Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to Him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to Heartbeat. I am Butch Heartbeat, and this is Julianne Heartbeat. Heart, yes. Heart man. Yes, yeah, and, heart and heartbeat is spelled H-A-R-T-B-E-A-T. That's right. This name of our little talk show yeah, we're here. Very, <laughs> the, the, don't forget that because we're glad you're all here. Uh, thanks for joining us. No matter when you're watching this, we hope you had a great week. We certainly did. We've been traveling. We've been traveling a lot lately, and um, it's great to travel yes. with your spouse, especially when you're on one accord. We uh, pray that you're all on one accord out there. If you're married. It's vital to be in one accord because the Bible says it's not good to be unequally yoked with, it says an unbeliever, but it's, it's not good to be unequally yoked with anybody, even if someone is yeah, a believer, because you could be a believer, I could be a believer, like the monkey song. I'm a believer. Hey, old people know that song, but but um, if, if you're unequally yoked with uh, uh, anyone, it's, it's a bad thing. You have to be on yes. the same page. Well, also too, like for instance, with all the travel and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, actually we should probably do a show. Uh, <laughs> do you, how do you travel? Do you travel well together? Uh, this topic this week is uh, called when a spouse gets sick. And so what do, what do you do when a spouse gets sick? I mean, we can well, talk about that. We know a lot yes, about that. Yes. So sick. what do you, anybody out there, if you have been sick and your spouse has had to deal with it, or if you have been the sick spouse, I've said that, or, or if your spouse has You're been well sick, spouse. Yeah, how have you dealt with it? What were one of your biggest challenges? Because we went through that. Julianne was very, very sick for about seven years. Yeah. And uh, it disrupted everybody's life. And I'm not whining here, but it was just one of those things where we weren't expecting it, didn't see it coming. Suddenly it was there. And it really was suddenly it was there. It didn't, it wasn't like we saw like a like a storm cloud we saw it coming. Yeah. It was like an earthquake where you don't see it and then it just happens. And that was really what it was like. And Fortunately, we were in the Word. We we had a lot of knowledge of the Bible. We had been taught very well about healing yes. from our pastor. Yes. Yet when it's in your face and when it's on you and when you're in the middle of it, how do you deal with it? And uh, we're going to talk about how we dealt with it. Maybe it can help right. you. Well, you know. Um, so what was your sickness? Well, the problem, sick okay, so I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and that's mm -hmm. the trash can of I don't know what's wrong with you, but just going to put it in this label. And um, and then here, here's some pain medication in here. What are the symptoms of fibromyalgia? Well, it looks like a lot of different things for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But mine was pain all over the body. Um, and then just feeling like a headache that mm -hmm. lasted for years. And just like, not so much like a headache, but feeling like somebody had like a vice on your head and squeezing it every day. You would always tell me and you would cry all the time about how much pain you were in. Yeah. Your body was in so much pain. Yeah. And, I mean, just to get in and out of chairs, get in and yeah. out of a car, um, you know, just in everything. And I'm a very active person. So when you're very active and everything hurts, you know, um, then I had tingling and numbness and, you know, heart um, palpitations and racing and all those things. Yeah, that was like constant. That was a lot. And so, and our girls were young mm -hmm. and, um, well, not babies, but they were younger. About and 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. Young enough. But still, it's like, who wants that to happen when your kids are young? And mm -hmm. I did every, listen, guys, I did everything. I did not miss a beat, but boy, was it painful. And mm -hmm. I did it, whether I had to crawl, walk, you know, hop on one foot, 
whatever it took. You know, I never forget there was one time because we have a foundation, Hartman House. And there was one time that I was in the bathroom. We were getting ready to do a, a Thanksgiving harvest. And that was actually up here in L.A. First time of Thanksgiving harvest. Well, I was going, I'm so <laughs> glad that you always prompt me on those because well, I just People need to know the No, details. you're right. I just start talking. What is that so harvest? a Thanksgiving harvest was is that you bring in people from the neighborhood and we would supply turkeys. And all the fixings for yeah for stuff. um for Thanksgiving dinner yeah, yeah so mm -hmm. for people that couldn't afford to get their own and so we thought it was better instead of feeding like the actual hot meal just give them the food give them right. the food because we wanted families to be together so anyway that's what we did one time we had like eight hundred people there was going to be about uh, three or four sessions with like three or four hundred people each and I remember I went in the bathroom and I'm like God just I don't know what to, I'm like closing my eyes but I don't even know what to do right now. My head hurts so bad and my head is just like spinning and I don't even, I can't even like even remember my name right now. You know, imagine this, you're in the stall, the bathroom. I wasn't going to the bathroom, just in the stall saying, you have to help me. Like you, I, something's got to change right now because I was actually the one who was the spokesperson mm -hmm. who was going to get up and speak. And, um, and I just, that was, that was the Holy Spirit coming in and taken over and I had to call on the Holy Spirit like daily to help me get through that I did a lot of things for instance at my daughter's schools and all that one stuff. of the main things she's getting at though guys is even though she felt very sick and some people on here like Sonia says she has all the symptoms you described you yes. uh, but and Sonia will pray about that too but um, what Julianne did and what I encouraged her to do and what I had to do too we had to go on with life as though the symptoms didn't exist because the last thing we wanted and the last thing we would have done we're just not people this is just us yeah we yeah. are people that that um lie in bed when we're sick I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but like for us when we were like, as a kid growing up even I would see movies of kids they'd be in bed sick or whatever and I just was never a kid like that. I just never, not that I wasn't sick. I wouldn't get sick and stuff, but I was never told like, stay in bed. I was always made to keep going, even if you were sick. And so I think I got into a mindset very young, like this isn't going to stop me. And I know that's what we had to do with your sickness. I shouldn't say your sickness because we didn't claim it as yours, but the sickness, yeah. we had to never claim it as hers. We had to keep moving forward, no matter what the sickness told us. Like if the sickness says, hey, you're going to, really be in pain today and your day's going to be miserable. We had to say, no, no, no. Um, thank you, Lord. Today your is a, pain, your to, day is going to be miserable. Yeah, today is a day that you have made, and I will I will rejoice and be glad in it. No, the, Lord. the Lord made. Today is a day that you have made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to rejoice today no matter what the symptoms look or yeah. feel like. And that's what we had to realize that we had to do. And that's what you can do as well. And we're not saying it's easy. We're not saying no. it's overnight. We're not saying even do exactly what we did. We are saying, start to look at the word of God as more true than what the symptoms are telling you. You know, um, I just want to give a little backstory on myself is that, you know, I've been in physical fitness my whole life. And I also was, a, I still am a martial artist. And so I set it under Billy Blanks and, um, and he is, you know, he's no joke. And so we used to do all kinds of crazy things, but we were really taught that no matter what, you never give up. Yeah. Like no matter what mm -hmm. you never like you only slap out, you know, you tap out on the floor when someone has got you to where you're like when you're about to pass when out, you're going to you pass out. Breathe, yeah. And that is the very last second. Right. So that's just kind of how I am. That's how I rate. That's how we raised our girls. Like, you know, 
there ain't nothing going to stop you kind of thing. So for me, if I had to crawl, you know, military crawl, um, you know, I don't know, pull myself from wall to wall, like whatever it took, I was not going to get into that. Now, a little other backstory is when I was a kid, I did, I was sick a lot. Mm. Um, and meaning like with colds and all that, right. but I hated school. So I loved when, you know, if I got a sniffle, I'd be like, Oh mom, I'm so sick. Cause I hated school. So I would find any excuse not to go to school. So I was that kid that would lay on the couch for three days and just say how sick I was so I could stay home from school. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, um, as as this sickness uh, progressed with Julianne, she went from being a very active person to a very inactive person almost overnight. And she was going a thousand miles an hour, and then she suddenly had to stop because uh, the doctors told her that she burned her body out, like her adrenal her adrenal glands got burned right. out and all this stuff. So the doctors wouldn't let her work out anymore. Uh, they gave her all of these supplements and all this medicine. How many people out there? Raise your hand. Have been taking tons of medicine. How many people out there? Uh, if you're being told to take tons of medicine, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying not to take the medicine, but we really have to watch about making anything in our life an idol over the Lord, like whether it's medicine, your car, your job, your kids, your career, whatever it is. If you put that first, that's going to negate the word of God because the Bible says the first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. And, and God's not saying that because he's jealous because he's like a human being where he's got an ego. He's not saying that. What God is saying in that scripture is that don't have any other gods before me because they're all going to let you down because they're all um, they're all false. They're all they're all uh, temporary. I'm the only God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Me, I'm the one. So I'm the one that you should follow. And if and like it says in Matthew six thirty three, you seek the kingdom first, and all these things will be added unto you. Don't seek the medicine first. Don't seek the doctor first. And listen, I know we go to doctors. I'm, you can totally do that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not, not saying not to. I, I like would to never. Many of them. Yeah, I would never say not to. But I would say this: pray about it before you go to make sure you're going to the right doctor at the right time. Because a lot of us. Uh, we will get um, what do I uh, habitual about doing anything? Habitual see, about doing everything. That was my one of my things. I would and that, get, because we got that way. I'm only saying yeah, that because we I got. got that I way. would get scared yeah. and I would run to a doctor because, I, and they would just tell me the same thing. Like there's nothing wrong. What well, meaning that there's nothing that we can do for you. There's nothing wrong. Like we can give you something. We can only give you something for pain. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to get rid of that they say. Uh, there's nothing to get rid of with fibromyalgia. Well, then she wouldn't even take the medicine. Yeah. So she because it was pain medicine that, and I just. And was, how much money did we spend on all these doctors? We spent over three hundred thousand dollars. Stop. How much? Three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. I stopped counting at three hundred thousand. We almost spent half scared. a million dollars on medicine to get her well, and absolutely zero. Yeah. Zero worked. None of it worked, and so here we are spending all this money because the enemy which is the devil. And I, I mean, yes, that is what I'm saying. Oh, Mr. Christian, you're talking about the devil. There's an enemy out there, guys. If you don't think there's an enemy oh. out there, you're sorely mistaken. The enemy wants to take your wife or your husband, wants to take your life, your job, your career. He wants to take all of your money. And because when all of your money, this isn't about getting rich or this is not a real estate program. But my point is when the enemy takes all of your money, Suddenly, even more fear comes in. You're afraid of, of the course. sickness. Now, when the money goes away, you're, you're, the sickness gets even scarier. By the way, we know a lot of people with a lot of money who are sick, and the money isn't even helping them because the sickness has affected this.
It's affected their ability right. to to pray. It's affected their ability to reason because they get scared. And I completely know yeah, what that's like because I mean, we were scared. Yes, of course. And so we're trying to, you know, Herman and Raquel are a perfect example. And Raquel. When I say Raquel. You said Raquel. I just said you Raquel. You did good. Okay. You're doing great. No, but Herman and Raquel, they are like a perfect example of, you know, because she, she was sick for 11 years. Like wedding yeah. night, next morning, yeah. that's it. And she was at death's door. I mean, yeah. You know, she was... You were very sick. She was even sicker than you. Yeah. Were. Oh, she was that, that, girl. that. She made me look like I had like a common cold. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She's so very that sick. was like nothing. I mean, mine was nothing compared to that yeah. because fibromyalgia is something that you will die with, but you won't die from it. Mm -hmm. That's what they would tell me. But I'm like, no, I'm not settling for that either. No way. Um, but what I was going to say is, is that, you know, we we did everything. We did everything. We tried. Let's put it this way: we tried everything. Mm -hmm. We tried everything and anything that would have. We given even tore me our house apart. Yes, because someone told us there was mold in the walls, and so we spent even more money. Or just mold in the air. Yeah, tearing our house apart, tearing all the walls out, and we found little spots of mold this big that you would find anywhere in the world. And it wasn't like our house was covered with mold or living in mold, but there was really no mold. They basically scammed us, and they did. And so, because of our fear. We yes. got scammed because we couldn't reason anymore because of the fear. And that's what fear will do. But the Bible yes. says, thank goodness it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, you were not given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. When you lose the sound mind, all the fear, all the um, all the, uh, the the tricks and the fiery darts of the devil are going to get in there because you've lost your sound mind. We are here right now doing this video because we don't want you to lose your sound mind because we know what it's like to lose your sound mind. Because you let the fear take over. You let you let anybody with a white lab coat tell you that well, what's wrong. And and half the time, um, they'll, they'll say, "Here's what I think is going on." And listen, they're very smart right. people. They're very smart people, doctors. They mean well. But sometimes we need to look at God's word and say, "Okay, what does God say about what I'm going through right now?" Well, what does He say? Right. So that's why. And that's what we have to do. But because because that's the choice and the 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 direction that we chose that's a choice that's a choice we made exactly we tried everything else but the main thing is that I want we really want to talk about is yeah. what is the everyday life like with someone who is sick mm -hmm. but i want to give the the um the side of the person that is first of all for me me only mm -hmm. okay this you were the you were the sick one right this isn't you this is me right is that i hated to be sick hated it some of you out there like it. I'm not saying all of you. There could be some of you out there because it gives you attention. You might like it. And I'm not saying anybody here that's watching right now, because remember, these videos will live on for years. The reason why I have. I'll look so great 20 years from now. Oh, I know. So look how great I look. Me too. I'm going to say, my God. What we had the, I look like I'm 30. Oh, I'm kidding. I know. Well, because I pray for a lot of people. So I want to put this out there to people. Yeah, let's preface that. Make sure we let's make sure we get the context of this right. Both of us talk to and pray for a ton, a of, ton people. of people. A ton of people. And these are these are issues that we've heard over and over and over. As a matter of fact, there's one beautiful girl that um, came to one of the conferences that we were at, and we were praying. I prayed for her, and um, I actually saw her during the lunch hour. We sat together, and I said. I said, have you ever had any like any heart trauma? She said, yes, I have. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you come down to, and I'll pray for you 
the place we were in just wasn't the place to pray for her like publicly. It was kind of loud. Yeah. And, yeah. I said, so come down tonight and let's talk. So she came down and we literally, I just started praying over her and just said, Lord, just show us what it is that has kept her in this place where she is. Literally, she her testimony was my testimony. She was going everywhere, all over, trying to find someone. And she was a beautiful to girl, too. Gorgeous. To look at her, you would never really know anything was wrong. You're like, what is wrong? Is gorgeous, wrong? Yeah, yeah. Very pretty girl. And uh, anyway, so she comes down, and so we were just praying for her, and all of a sudden she goes, like her body just like shook, and I said, What's, what is that? And she goes, I just realized that the only way I could get my mother's attention was to be sick. And so I started that at a very early age and it continued on my adult life. And I never, ever put those together. I never realized why, you know, why I why I did that, number one, and why I continued to do it. And how's she doing now? You've talked to her. Well, she just texted me about a week ago and said she's doing fantastic. Mm -hmm. She's ministering all over. She's traveling everywhere. And so. Because she had the belief that being sick was power. Like the sickness would give her power over people around her right. and get attention for her. So that was a mindset she cultivated at a very, very early age. And it stayed with her and probably got buried so deep, she didn't realize it until she you started didn't. praying for it until the Holy Spirit revealed it. Yeah, he revealed it. And so what? I, so I'm saying like someone in that kind of a category might like it. You might like the attention. You might like the fact that, let me just say this, when you are, in bed, you know, uh, bedridden, or you are housebound, or whatever it is, not a lot of responsibility is going to come your way because you can't physically do a lot of things. Well, this world, you know, we have a lot of responsibilities in this world that we've got to keep up and all that. And so sometimes that might keep somebody from going, oh, you know what? It's just too much out there. Like, I'm just, I'd rather be here and be sick and have to deal and face the things I got to face. You know, there's a lot of things that could happen. In Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that is any of you. So please do not get me wrong on this. That may not be any of you, but it might be one of you that's watching like down the road years from now. So, so starting with that. So I hated to be sick. Mm -hmm. Absolutely hated it. So that probably made me be more angry at times was because I hated it so much that I would take it out on him. Yeah. And the one thing too, about you being sick and I, I'm talking about you now, you had to change your lifestyle so drastically that everything about you changed. Like, yes. like your routine, because you would work out so much all the time and you were go, 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 go. And and then suddenly you had to stop and be quiet. And then like there was like a record scratch, like, like everything had to stop. Yeah. And that wasn't what you were used to. It wasn't who you were. And so not only were you feeling symptoms in your body, your heart got traumatized because everything you would everything you were doing completely stopped. And you had to become, you really had to become someone who looked at yourself for the first time in a long time. Yes. And you were like, wow. And then the one mistake both of us made, we both started going to God. God, why? Why isn't she healed? Why is this taking so long, Lord? Why, why, why? Lord, what are you waiting for? That that sort of thing. We really had to, uh, we had to curb that because that, that's not what God does. That's not who God is. You know, the, the healing power is right now. You know, when Jesus said, stretch out your hand, he meant right now. Don't do it three weeks from now. And when he said, Lazarus, come forth and raise Lazarus from the dead, it wasn't like four weeks from now. Every time Jesus healed anybody, it was right then, right now. The healing power of the Lord is here. It's present right now. But if we let ourselves get in the way, our heart get in the way, it's going to block everything. It's going to stand in the way. You know what I mean? Like if we let, let your heart 
Um, be, you know, it says, the Bible says, let not your heart be troubled. And when your heart is troubled, it can really cause a lot of trauma. How many well, people out there know somebody with a troubled heart? Maybe well, it's you. Yeah, and that's why also <laughs> he tells us to guard our heart with all diligence mm -hmm. because out of it, I mean, we live every day. So out of the heart, you know, that these things are going to happen. Out of the so, abundance of the heart, the mouth right. speaks, well, the Bible says. Yeah, but I wasn't going, I was saying. I got to throw the, that in there. I know, but all the troubles and the issues and the arguments and the lack of money and the um, uh, losing your job and relationships going bad and all that stuff, it goes, it's like the blood in your body. It goes right through your heart, mm -hmm. right through your heart. Yep. And so that's why he says, guard it, guard it with my word. Think about it. It's not just guard it, you guard it. No, you guard it with my word. It's my word that guards it. It's like my, my hedge of protection around you. That's Holy Spirit protection around you at all times. Now, do you feel like you're protected? Maybe not. But just knowing that the Holy Spirit is your protector, is the protector of your heart so that you don't get offended, right? Offended, offense is bad. People, and I'm telling you something, I, no one, I will never allow myself to be offended by somebody because you can't offend me. The only way you get offended is if you allow yourself to be offended. So you got to watch that because an offense is something that the devil just capitalizes on daily and will keep you down and sick and in a place, in a place you don't want to be in the way the world being is, offended. The way the world is right now, every time you turn on the news, yeah. you turn on anything, it's like, wow, aren't you offended by this? It's almost like you're you're uh, they're they're throwing offense at you every moment of the day. Aren't you aren't you upset about how you're being treated? Look how they're treating you. That's what the world throws at us every single day. You know, being the spouse of someone who was sick. I always say a prayer for the caretakers out there, don't I? That's that's my thing because you know I was her caretaker, and literally that term caretaker really can be a, a, a thing where you take somebody's cares. Right. But the Bible says to cast your care onto Jesus, 1 Peter 5, 7. We cast our cares on him for he cares for us. That's what a lot of us forget to do. We have to cast no, our easy. cares. It's easy to forget to do because when you're in the moment. Oh, absolutely. And you're emotional yep. and all yep. of these things. Yep. And by the way, that's another thing too, everybody. We have to learn how, you know, it's funny. I've been um, uh, dealing with the stock market a lot lately, taking stock market classes in the last couple of years, been kind of doing some stock market investing, this and that. And I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to the emotional roller coaster of the stock market. One day you're up a thousand dollars, next day you're down three, and it's it's crazy. You're like, you're down and, and you really feel it, like, oh my gosh. And I had uh, all of these guys and, and girls I was watching, these trainers, they were like, don't make emotional decisions. You have to look at the stats, look at the intelligence, look at look at what the pattern is, yeah. and and you and you just ride you ride the pattern. You don't make emotional decisions. Now you're like, well, how does that apply to my sickness? It can totally apply to your yes. sickness. We wouldn't have torn our house apart and spent half a million dollars if we weren't fearful and made an emotional decision. And as a caretaker, you've got to watch. And I hate that term. I want another term. But as someone who's caring for someone who is sick. If they're sick and you're taking their care, then you're both sick. Then the, the it's like a drowning person. They're dragging you down too. And then let's break that down. When you're saying that, okay, because Butch was not like, I was not bedridden and he no. wasn't getting me food and all that not stuff. Not at all. Not at and all. And doing that. But he would take the care. So, hey, But you were very emotional. Right. Like so I, here, that's, every that's single what I'm day. asking you. So yeah. what, how... How will you take his, that's really going to help somebody. Yeah. How are you taking that on in your own heart, which got you frustrated? 
a couple things I really had in my favor. Number one, we've been going to church for a long time at a good church. We had a very strong foundation of the word. That's number one. Number two, I worked at Nickelodeon, and I got to write comedy all day. So I would actually well, leave you. You just got to leave. Well, no, I got to. Well, first of all, a lot of, a lot of people that take care of their spouses have to go to work. So I got to go to work, but I got to write comedy and laugh all day. So the laughter, and I, I want to tell you guys this out there too. If you're dealing with someone who is sick or if you're sick, you have to laugh. But I don't Mary feel like that. Does good like a medicine. I know a merry heart does good like a medicine. Says that in Proverbs, or is it Psalms? I forget. Yeah, I think it's, it's Proverbs. But a merry heart does good like a medicine, meaning it's a happy heart. So the laughter really helped me. But then the other thing that really helped me too is when I when I finally came home and had to deal with the emotional thing, I knew that I had to do like the stock market. I had to not get emotional. I had to ride the, I had to go like, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Don't get emotional. I had to put my own pride aside too. Because when you would get angry and yell at me and, and, and sort of blame me for all this and all that sort of thing, which you didn't mean to do. But when that would happen, I couldn't get like, oh yeah, well, I'll show you. I couldn't get that sort of thing. I had to, I couldn't let my pride get in the way. I had to go, okay, I need, and I, can, I remember the Lord saying very clearly to me, and I really felt this strongly in my heart, you need to be the strong one. And I kept saying, me, the strong one? You need to be the strong one. That's all I kept hearing. And I'm like, but she's really strong. You need to be the strong one. And as strong as she is and as powerful as she is, and you all know her. I have to live with her, by the way. But as, as powerful as this woman is, when anybody is sick and they get fearful, the fear takes over. And you can't allow the fear yeah, because to take you over. The fear, what it does is it, it, it victimizes you. It makes you feel like something horrible could happen. Yeah. It, it just, and so you don't know, well, what does that mean? Like, am I going to be in the hospital tonight? Like, what does this mean? And so that's what it does. It's, we've got to really, really, um, man, we got, this word has got to be solid in our hearts. One thing I wanted to say is uh, the other thing I would do when I would come home from work, I would cast my care onto the Lord and you were my biggest care. Right. I had to get to a place where I went, Lord, I put her on you. That's me. That doesn't mean I stopped attending to her or ignored her, didn't talk to her. But any fear or worry that would come into my heart, I said, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I, she is your problem because I cannot fix her in any way. See, all that, I can do is all I can do is get her what she needs in the physical, and I'm going to be here for her emotionally. But and pay for all those doctors. And pay the three hundred thousand, five hundred thousand dollars for everything. Exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna earn money to do all that, but other than that, you're taking it. And then and So then, Proverbs seventeen twenty two is a merry heart does good. Look Proverbs seventeen twenty two. Yes. A merry heart does good like medicine. Mm -hmm. Boy, people are talking about like I need medicine for all this. Well, he says here that the merry heart does good just as if it was medicine. Yep. But a broken spirit dries the bones, which you got to know that. Do you understand what that means when someone says, a, when the Bible says, not someone, mm -hmm. when, when this says a broken uh, spirit dries the bones. Say that again. A broken spirit dries the bones. How many of you out there feel like your spirit has been broken? Yeah. I mean, that's. Oh, it that's will hard. dry the bones. I mean, you've seen people. You can tell. It was funny. I saw it. Not funny. This wasn't funny at all. I mean, unusual. I was going to lunch today. I parked the car. This beautiful Corvette had just parked. Gorgeous car. Went, wow, what a great car. And the man who got out of the car was so bent over and in such discomfort, this poor guy, older guy, a little older than me, but he was like, he could, could barely walk, but got out of this incredible car. And you're like, wow, he's got this amazing car, but he's in such physical pain and, and he's in such a miserable so state. Very sad because 
you know, I think he'd give anything to be not be bent over like that. But the cares of the world have dried his bones. He's got he's it's a broken spirit. His a broken spirit dries the bones, and I think his spirit got broken somewhere because it looked like he was just in, in such pain. And that's why I surround myself. I try to surround myself with with comedy, with joy, with good people like my beautiful, amazing wife here because she's so special and she lifts me up all the time. And by the way, there were times, believe me, when when your spouse is sick, there's times you don't want to be there. You're like, boy, wouldn't it? And trust me, the enemy will he'll grab <laughs> those thoughts. Nice. <laughs> no, because I come from a family of divorced people. Everybody got divorced. It, it seems pretty easy. I'll just get divorced and I won't have to deal with this anymore. I'll just leave and that'll be it because that will take care of me. That's pretty selfish on my part. Boy, I'm going to take yeah. care of me now because I'm going to leave this sick person because it's just too much for me to deal with. And you know what? We are so much stronger together than we are apart, the two yeah. of us, her and I. Had I left her, I have no idea where my life would be, of course. I'm sure we'd have a, we'd be fine. Who knows? But I guarantee you I would not be lifted up every day like I am now. Oh, I and, but when did you get healed? When did you know so you're getting healed? Well, let me, I want to read this yeah. passage. We want to get to that first, part of the story. That which is, a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. And what translation is that? The passion. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. That's Proverbs 7.22. Yes, that is it. Read it again. A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Oh. Man, that is so true. I wanted to read that because it's such a, it really... It's passionate. A friend of mine had cancer uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, the first thing I really felt my spirit to go do was get him the DVD box set of The Office, the show The Office. And uh, he watched every episode. He said, I am so glad you got me that. That just cheered me up. Like, And he got over the yeah. cancer. Now, did that completely get him over the cancer? I don't know. But well, all, I know, all I know is this, is that he did go through chemo and all yeah. that, of course. But um, – that the uh, he said that made me laugh. It was such a great thing, and and the laughter really changed my outlook every day. Yeah, and we so, remember when we first became Christians. We met. We there was a pastor named Casey Treat, and he had I think um, he had uh, what did he have? He had cancer. No, he had um, he had he had something. Oh gosh, I can't think of the name. Okay, of it. not important, but it was something okay. bad. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, he did that. He like said, "Nope, I'm not going to do." I, they, they wanted to do some kind of treatments for him or something. It was so, it was so much. And he said, I'm going to take the next like six weeks mm -hmm. and I am going to um, just laugh. And he did. And literally after those six weeks, he was like completely healed. But that's, again, that's what he Listen, did. It doesn't right? hurt. Someone asked what uh, proverb that was, was again. What 1722. Proverb 1722. But go look at it in the Passion Translation. Yeah. It makes it a little more clear. Um so uh, Patrick says, thanks for being transparent. I needed to hear this. Yeah. You're more than welcome. Listen, we, guys, we're doing this because we want to be transparent because we've been through this. So when did you get healed? When did you start noticing a difference? What year was it? Um, well, like 2013 started getting really a lot better for me. And then by 2014, it was completely gone. Yes, but it started around 2007. No, it was yeah. 2008. It was 2008. It was? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I know exactly when it was. When was it? 2008. What day? Do you remember? Well, I don't remember the was day. day. No, but I remember it was 2008. 2008. Yes. Okay. So so I know I'm okay. the one that got sick, right? Okay, but it says about six. Okay, I told him earlier it was eight years. So it was about oh, no. six years. No, it wasn't eight years. 
Okay. Okay. I say complete total seven years, like no more symptoms left. But yeah, it doesn't matter. And even a year is is bad. Right. You know. But exactly. I just want to say this because as the person that does doesn't feel good, that's dealing with this stuff, we do get frustrated. And sometimes you just got to let us alone. Let us figure some things out on our own. Let us spend time with the Lord on our own. Let us get that revelation on our own. Sometimes it's just too much. It's a bombardment of all this stuff. Of like, you know, you, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. And here's the scripture. And here's that. Yes, you want to take all that in. But I needed some time on my own to hear the word, to speak the Lord, to actually spend time with him. Yeah. But, but to be yelled at or be not yelled at, but like, Talk to firmly every day about, have you done this? Have you said that scripture? Have you done this one? Have you prayed? Have you done like all those things? It's like mm -hmm. enough already because you're dealing with how you don't feel good first. You're dealing with all these symptoms. You're dealing with the fact that you don't know if you're going to be able to do what you did, you know, six months ago, if you're going to be able to do that anymore mm -hmm. and you get frustrated. So then that's when you want to lash out and yell at your, your, your spouse um, and, and get mad and just say, leave me alone. Like it's too much. And so, yes, as much as and she's so delicate already, it's very but hard it, for no, but as much voice. as they're frustrated too, because I've been on the other side of that. You know, my mom had had some, some physical issues and, yeah, um, yeah. I've, you know, there were times where I was just, I would not yell at her, but I would, I wouldn't understand why she wasn't getting it. And then the Lord one day said, go brought me back to the, how I felt and said, Remember the day when you weren't getting it either. And I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. I got it. Mm -hmm. So I've been on both sides of that. And so I, I know now, I know like what to, you know, when to speak and then when to, to let the person, mm -hmm. you know, get it themselves. Because you know what? It's only, listen, there's nothing else that says, yeah, you can do all this treatment and all that stuff. That's fine. But God is the healer. Mm -hmm. He is the healer. And he is the only one that can change somebody's heart. The only one. And it's through his word of building up ourselves through the word, but building up ourselves through a relationship of just talking, laughing together, crying together, whatever. And I mean, a relationship with the Lord, because there are many days where I would just have to cry. Just let me cry. Let me cry. You know, for me, I wasn't going to give up. There was no giving up spirit in me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. But I just need to cry some days. So that's what I'm saying to some of the people out there. Let your spouse cry if they want to. Let them, you know, whatever they whatever they need to do. Let them be alone at times. But it was, I just said this on my teaching on Tuesday, is that the Lord, I was in my kitchen and I heard Andrew Womack just on a random teaching say, you know, you already have everything that you need to get well. Hmm. And that was, boom, the light bulb went on. So I'm saying that it, it didn't come from my husband. It didn't even come from me having time with the Lord. It was, I was doing dishes and I had the my iPad on, which had one of his teachings. And that's what he said. And it was like, it kind of like hit me. And from that point on, I was like, wait, what does that mean? I have everything I've already, that I already need. And that's what kind of sent, that sent me to the word to find out everything that I already had. So that was a really, that, that was a game changer for me. And so there, there'll be a game changer for you too. And I know that you guys. It might happen right, right now. Know, it might happen right now. It could happen a week from now, but you've got to be ready. And you've also got to have a vision for what happens afterwards. Because a lot of us 
uh, will be in this situation for so, so long that we can't even picture life outside of the situation. You've been in the terrarium yes. of sickness for so long, you can't imagine what happens next. The man at the pool of Bethesda had a decision to make. He had to stand up when Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. He had to make a decision. He'd been there for 32 years. He stood up. Was it 38 years? Well, 30 38. something years. 38 years. He stood up and changed his life. He had to go out. Now he wasn't sick anymore. And he had to start life over again. You're going to have to start life over again. And yes, there'll be challenges. But you know what? You're here because you have an amazing life. And you've got an amazing opportunity God has given you to affect other people. Especially after you get healed. You're probably healed right now, as a matter of fact. But, you know, because we, we, we just pray that you're healed right now. But you have a chance now to affect people with your testimony yeah. for the better. You can help people that have the same situation you have right now. I want to add something, and I may be talking to one of you, and I may be not talking to any of you right now. But when you start walking in your healing and doing some things and getting some stuff done, mm. and if you make a mistake or if you feel like you're overwhelmed at times, do not go back and say, well, it's because of my symptoms. Mm. It's because it's because look what I just went through. Don't do that. You're going to keep bringing yourself back to that place again. Yep. Because there are many times where I didn't want to face certain things. And I that I was tempted at times to say, um, well, I don't want to, in my own, here's me, I don't really want to do this. Well, maybe I could just say, I don't feel good. No. And I literally, the Holy Spirit would come in and say, no, no, that is not who you are anymore. You need to face it because you're facing it with my Holy Spirit power. You don't need to go back and 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 dig up the dead person, dig up that sick person in you, so that you can have an excuse not to not to have to face something or do something responsible. Now that yeah. might have really stepped on someone's toes, but I believe that was for somebody. Yeah, guys, because the minute you are healed, and, and in fact, I'm a, I'm always a proponent of this. I mean, a, a fan of this. Like when you were sick. You didn't stop. And that was the one thing I knew. I knew she was going to get well because she never stopped. Had she stopped and slowed down. And it's okay to take a rest once in a while. I'm not saying you can't rest. No, you don't mean like I was. I no, slowed down. On things, no, but you didn't mean that like I, I, you mean that I didn't go lay in bed and say this is That's my, it. I can't. Yeah, I'm now, yeah. I'm now a sick person. I can't go do anything. That, that's not who you became. No. You didn't become that. And that was what I really admired. And that's what I knew. I was like, she's going to get through this. I know she will. And with her getting through it we would get through it because yeah. the girls, my two daughters, myself, everybody around her um, uh, got through it as well because the minute, you know, it was so cool because when you stop thinking about it and then you were suddenly like, wow, you're healed. You're feeling better. We just completely forgot about checking on it every day. It's like, it's, it's almost like, you know, checking on a pot of boiling water. Is it boiling it? Is it boiling it? You know, when you leave it alone and let it go, things kind of seem to take care of themselves. Yeah. There were times where yeah. like maybe during the day we had like a good day and then he'd be like saying maybe that night I wasn't feeling good. Like what's, what's wrong? Like you were great all day. And I want to lash out and say, you know, don't you understand that I still don't feel good, but I was just like sucking it up because I was trying to get through the day. Many times I wanted to burst out and say those things because there was still that like that spirit of infirmity in me at times that wanted to keep keeping me, they wanted to keep putting me down and putting me in a place of being sick so that I would not reach out and do the, the things that God really called me to do. But that would that would be a little thing, a little thought that would go through my mind. I like, well, yeah, that argument right back. Well, you might, it might look like I feel okay, but I'm not okay. So don't expect anything out of me. That is huge, you guys. Please listen to me when I say that. Because 
there's so much right now in this world that we all kind of want to just put the covers over our head and say, wake me up when it's over, right? Well, we can't do that. You are here for a purpose and a plan. It's time for you now to get up and start doing something, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I had a beautiful lady text me or write an email to me who was diagnosed with ALS, but she said she received her healing. Mm -hmm. But she said, right now I am only, I'm texting, or I'm sorry, I'm typing with one thumb. I only have one thumb that works. This lady said this. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and if that's all she needed was that one thumb to work, whatever it is, what is your one thumb? What's that one thing that you can start doing that you can start making work today, right now? I wanted to address one other thing. We've had many people say, what do you do when your spouse doesn't believe? You believe for them. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It doesn't say you'll lay hands on another Christian. If the person is sick, they're sick. But don't bombard them every day with this, with, you've got to get better. Don't you know what the word says? Because if they're not a Christian, they're going to just say, you're too much. I don't want that. That's not what I want. And then yeah. you're going to, they're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And definitely don't point your finger at somebody and shame them for not believing like you believe or for not being the Christian that you are. That is the absolute. Or being in a level. In yeah, don't ever, at. ever do that. That is, that is a huge mistake. A lot of uh, quote unquote, uh, well-meaning Christians uh, do. You need to just love people and and meet them where they're at and encourage them. That is your job. That if it's your spouse, that's your job. Don't be God for them. No, if it's your spouse, you love your spouse, but you you pray for them. Yeah. You pray when they're not looking. You yeah. pray when they are looking. Yeah. You know, you you are together as a team, as a couple. Mm -hmm. You are, you know, it's like it's Bush and I and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is right here. We are together. We are like glued together. So that's what I, I really, that's the biggest piece of, of, of a nugget that we can give you is that if you're not, if you're, if your spouse is not a believer, that doesn't mean you don't pray for them. There are many people that I pray for on a daily basis that are not Christians and uh, they're going to see the, they're going to see the Lord completely change. Their Amen. But the, the main thing is this, is that you are, we're going to pray right now that anybody that is having any symptoms of anything. And, and I keep seeing a lot of depression. Depression, you need to leave right now yeah. in Jesus' name. Yeah. But you who are experiencing the depression, you need to say, leave now in Jesus' name. You cannot allow depression to be, even bother you for a second. Yeah. Because if you do, it will take a minute. And then it will take an hour. Yeah. And before you know it, your whole life will be consumed yeah. because you'll be depressed. Don't allow your brain you to get to into stand. that habit of thinking depression. You have to stand against it. You have to you stand have against to. it. But you've got all the tools to do it. You've got the word of God here. Mm -hmm. You've got ministry. You've got healing journeys today. You've got whoever else that you talk to. We've got to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Not strong in the world and, and in the, um, in the what would be the opposite, in the weakness of their advice. We got to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The only way to be strong in the Lord is to know who that is, because the strong one is on the inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. We love you. Have a wonderful week. Yes. Bye. Love you guys. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget, you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com.
www.ezekielmcmillan.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by His stripes we are healed. God bless you.